Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. Zig Ziglar said, don't be distracted by criticism. Remember, the only taste of success some people get is to take a bite out of you. Aristotle said, the secret success is to know somebody nobody else knows. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. This is episode number 180. Today, we are going to replay episode number 78 with Howard Partridge. That was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite episodes. And I think I want to refresh that, bring that back to people's memory. You know, everything we talked to Howard Partridge about. Hopefully, we can have Howard again soon with us and get some more of his wisdom from, uh, you know, and share with you. Howard is a Zig Ziglar legacy executive uh, here in the United States. And without further ado, let's jump into this interview that we did with Howard Partridge on episode number 78. Thank you for listening, and we appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is Howard Partridge. Howard, thank you for making time and coming on the show. Howard, I know you're an international business coach and you have coaching members over 100 countries, 100 industries in 18 countries. You also have uh, best-selling, you know, a lot of best-selling books. There's a book right behind you. FDI is how I learned about you, Failure to Implement. And uh, you're a TEDx speaker, the exclusive business coach for the Zig Ziglar Corporation and uh, the first Zig- Ziglar legacy trainer in the world. Howard, I can keep going about you. Tell me, first of all, how are you doing today? I am doing phenomenal. You know, and thank you for taking my invite and to come over here. You know, it's, it's a privilege and honor for me to have a guest with your caliber on the show. So thank you so much. Well, it's my pleasure. So nice to meet you, too. I've enjoyed learning about you. And, uh, you know, I live primarily right there in Houston. And, of course, uh, built my dream home here in Destin, Florida. So I'm down here with my kids right now. And uh, so, yeah, it's a pleasure. It's, it's, it's really nice to know you. So, Howard, I read somewhere that you grew up in Mobile, Alabama, and you left your home at 18 years old. That's exactly right. So I tell people I'm originally from L.A., uh, Lower <laughs> Alabama. And, uh, and then I tell them, don't worry, my, my wife doesn't laugh at my jokes either, so it's all right. But, uh, yeah, I grew up actually on welfare in Mobile, Alabama. There were seven kids crammed in a little 600-square-foot shack, and the roof on this house was so bad that every time it rained, we had to get out all the pots and pans to catch the leaks. My mother fed us on $100 a month from the welfare department. And when you grow up in an environment like that, what are you likely to turn out like? Well, for me, I was a rebellious teenager, got in a fight with my stepdad and got kicked out of the house. I deserved it, I was a bad kid. And um, I had no money, zero money. And I somehow with a friend of mine scraped up 39.95 for a Greyhound bus ticket to Houston. And uh, the reason I want to go to Houston is my real dad, who I'd only met twice in my whole life, he left when I was a year old, was living in Houston. And I got that bus ticket and I literally had a quarter. I had 25 cents 
in my pocket. I was not yet even 18. I was almost 18 years old. I stepped off that Greyhound uh, bus with 25 cents in my pocket in 1978. 1978. So if you don't mind me asking, what did you do when you, when you got out of the bus? Well, so I wasn't 100% sure if my, uh, my real dad was going to be there to pick me up because I met him a couple of times. And he was like, well, why are you coming to Houston? My sister was there. I knew that she would be there. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know anything. I was a big risk taker. Now that I know what I know about Houston, Texas, I'm so happy that someone was there to pick me up. That would have been a bad situation. But I ended up living with my dad and my stepmother, uh, and I became very close to that family. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's walk back over here. You're 18 yeah. years old. Come to yeah. Houston. What do you do next? Well, so I did a few odd jobs. I became a a uh, helper on a painting crew. My dad and my stepmother were in the interior design business, and I did that. I worked at a, a grocery store and things like that, but I ended up becoming a waiter at one of Houston's uh, legendary restaurants. It was called the Rivoli. It's no longer in business now, but it was one of the top restaurants in Houston. So uh, very high-end, did a lot of... Uh, uh, table side cooking, wore a tuxedo to work and steak, Diane, bananas, foster, cherries, Jubilee. Back then, uh, you know, back in the eighties, you, uh, they had all these restaurants where you did all this table side cooking and setting stuff on fire inside at that age was pretty cool. Let me, let me tell you. <laughs> and so I, became a, I became a waiter that I was a professional waiter. So, so you're a professional waiter. And then you started a carpet cleaning business or a cleaning business. I did. My, uh, my first business that I started, what happened was uh, I went to New Jersey uh, to get married to my wife, who is Italian, and uh, Denise Conjet Antoinette Pinella. Now, that's Italian. And uh, go to New Jersey, get married in this Italian family. And when you marry into an Italian family, they don't give you wedding presents, you get cash from all the relatives and everything. So we got $3,000 cash and wedding money. And there was a friend of the family, same age as me, 23 at the time. He was tooling around a little red Mercedes convertible. And I said, I want to know what that guy does. I want to know if it's legal. And uh, turned out he had a business, a cleaning business. And when I got back to Houston, I uh, looked into that particular industry and spent the entire $3,000 on a uh, cleaning machine and a vacuum cleaner and started uh, cleaning carpet out of the trunk of my car. And so how, how did that go? Tell us like, you know, the first, when you first started, I mean, how, how did you start? I mean, did you knock on the doors? How did you get your customers? Yeah, I did everything. Fortunately, my uh, dad and my stepmother, who in the interior design business, started referring me to other people. My wife is a legend in the radio industry. She worked for Sunny 99 for many years, KODA, for actually 30 years. Actually, uh, about four years ago, she was inducted into the Texas uh, Radio Hall of Fame. And, of course, so she had a lot of clients and a lot of friends. And so I got a lot of referrals 
uh -huh. uh, in the beginning, but I knocked on doors. I did, I did uh, everything. Uh, and then, um, uh, but that's how I got my first, my first clients. That's, that's how you got your first clients. This, if, if you would have done the whole thing again, a couple of things, you know, people always say, man, I wish, I wish I would have known, you know, what if, if I knew now what I didn't know then, what, what would be different? Oh yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. So, uh, what happened was the first 13 years, uh, even though I had great customer service, if you needed me at 5 a.m., I'll be there. If you need me at 9 p.m., I'll be there. I worked 24 seven. Uh, I was always good at, you know, networking and, and building relationships with people. So I had a lot of business, but I wasn't, uh, I didn't have any systems. I didn't have any infrastructure. And in uh, 1997, I started uh, learning about having systems in your business and scaling the business. So I invited a couple of partners to come in. They, all, they both had their own cleaning businesses, invited them to come in and we scaled it up to a couple million dollars a year, started building uh, systems. And uh, today I teach uh, five different uh, systems, leadership, marketing, sales, service and um and uh finance and uh so i learned about those systems and and how to implement those systems and uh that's when we took off and uh we we transformed that business into a multi-million dollar business i bought my partners out after about eight years and um and uh built the company up a little bit more Got it turnkey where I don't even, that business is like the top uh, business in that industry, not only in Houston, but it's a model uh, worldwide. And the reason that it is, is about 22 years ago, I started coaching other people in my industry. Then I met Zig Ziglar and I became the, my company became the exclusive coaching company for the Ziglar Corporation. And that put us in uh, all these other industries. I have clients in uh, HVAC, attorneys, um, CPAs, uh, architect, credit card processing, uh, irrigation, plumbing, electrical, I mean, uh, over a hundred different industries, coaches, speakers, authors in uh, 20 different countries. So, so, tell so me I just started I started teaching them those, those systems that I had implemented in, in my business. Okay. If, if you don't mind, can we, can we go slowly over the systems and, and yeah. if you don't mind detail yeah. a little bit for me? Not at all. So the, the systems that I develop, um, number one is leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And of course, uh, uh, John Maxwell, who I've been mentored by, considered the number one uh, leadership expert in the world says that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And the way that you gain influence in someone else's life is by adding value to them. So we add value to our team members and help them reach their dreams and goals. Then um, we're going to, we're going to be able to, to have a uh, positive productive team members. Uh, Zig Ziglar always taught he, his famous quote, and his favorite quote to the day he passed away was, 
that uh, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what it is that they want. So I learned that uh, leadership is not command and control. It's not uh, lording it over people. It's not this harsh thing that uh, leadership really is, and all of business and all of life really is about a relationship. And it's about helping other people get what it is that they want. I wrote a leadership book, that one right there with the, the tree on it, is called The Power of Community, where uh, the ultimate leadership strategy is uh, building a community of people where, uh, where you support them, you encourage them, and you help them be accountable to be the best person that they can be. And when you do that, they'll give you what you want. A lot of uh, leaders think, well, if I do things for my employees, they'll feel entitled. Not if you hire the right people and you set the right ground, ground rules, right? So uh, that brings me to the leadership systems. Do you have a vision that you teach them? Do you have job descriptions? Do you have policies and procedures? Do they know uh, what their role is in the overall uh, company? So in my book, The Power of Community, I call it the five Ps, which is your purpose. Uh, that's you know why you do your company does what it does. Your uh, the positions. So if you look at a uh, sports team, what are the different positions and what role do they play? So that's the roles of the team members. Then uh, the PRD, we call it a PRD instead of a job description because a PRD stands for a performance results description. In other words, what are the results we're looking for? What is the goal? What is the goal of this particular position? Um, what's the results that we're looking for? And what performance is required, right? So for example, uh, say in your business, it, the performance is every single person that walks in the door that you greet them, you say a certain thing, and you go through the process. If you, you do the process every single time, that's the performance that's required to get the result, okay, consistently. Uh, so then that brings you to policies and procedures. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. Those are the rules of the game, policies, and the procedures are um, the step-by-step -step, uh, process, whether that's a sales script, a customer service uh, steps, whether that's uh, a phone script or whatever it might be, whether it's a data entry or accounting or whatever. So those five things, those five Ps help, or the framework of building a system that you can use to lead with. So right. leadership is one of the five. So leadership is one of the five. Number two. That's the first one. Number two is marketing, and marketing is everything that you do to attract prospects to your business. Okay. And the thing is, is that uh, this would not be you, but this would be typical business owners. Uh, they wait until they're slow to market, and it's too late. They don't have a consistent marketing system that's continuously uh, bringing awareness and uh, attracting prospects. So my definition of marketing, a marketing system is, um, is um, marketing is everything you do to attract prospects to your business. 
a system is duplicating those results consistently. In other words, when you have your marketing program systematized, you know how many leads you're going to get. You know how many um, people you're going to bring into your store. You have an idea, right? And so you have to have a system that keeps that uh, going consistently. And most small business owners don't have that. So let me understand that. It, yeah. When you say marketing system, so you say marketing, first of all, you need to have marketing to bring the customers constantly to your door, not yeah. only when you're slow or not only when you're like, have that old, you know, kind of moment, right? But you, but you constantly want to bring them. And then yeah. there's a system like, hey, I want to spend this kind of money on marketing, yeah. uh, you know, versus my gross revenue. Yeah. And with this customers, I'm going to have this much door count or, yeah. or traffic or leads or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And yeah. this, how many am I going to close? Is that what you, is that, yeah, in other words, you, don't do it, you don't do it ad hoc. You don't do it ad hoc. And so um, I have a seven step marketing plan. I won't go through all of it, but, but just very quickly, uh, first of all, the is seven M's and, and the, uh, the first one is mindset, understanding marketing, becoming a student of marketing. Nothing happens in a business until a sale is made. Well, sales don't happen unless you have prospects. If you didn't have anybody walking in the door at your, uh, at your store, you'd have a problem, right? <laughs> Big problem. Yeah. I mean, so somehow, some way we have to get, uh, people consistently to, uh, to your door. Right. And for small business owners, that's people calling them up or opting in on their website or whatever the case might be. And, uh, so you got to become a student marketing mindset. Uh, second is money. What's your sales goal? Got to have a sales goal. Uh, third is your mission. What experience are you trying to deliver? Okay. Because, Every brand is different. Every level of service is different. You got high end, middle, low. You've got, you know, um, a, a certain experience, which brings me to the fourth one, which is your target market. Who is your customer? If you try to be everything to everybody, you won't be anything to anybody. So who is that person we're really trying to serve? Then uh, you have to have the right message. You have to have the right message that speaks to the experience that the, the market uh, in the marketing world is called, uh, um, you know, your match, your, your, your uh, market to uh, message match, right? It's got to resonate with them. Then you start thinking about methods. Am I going to do uh, media? Am I going to do referral marketing? Am I going to do mailers? Am I going to do, you know, TV, radio? Uh, am I going to do social media? And, you know, too many business owners get caught up in number six and they never did one through five. Yeah. So they have no, no plans, just ad hoc. We'll, we'll try some Facebook ads. Oh, that didn't work. So we'll go over here and do this. That didn't work. And, you know, or this work, but they forgot to continue to do it. That's what I mean by a system. Gotcha. And then, uh, and then um, after that, the seventh one is having what I call a map, which is your marketing action plan or schedule, right? And um, so what are we going to do every day, every week, every month? And what is that schedule 
for our campaigns, for our promotions, and those kinds of things. I got you. Number yeah. three. Yeah, three is uh, sorry, is uh, sales systems, um, and sales is everything you do to uh, to um, uh, convert that prospect into paying customers. So my question is, uh, for the business owners that are listening out there, do you have a script of how people answer the phone? Do you have a script when people walk in the front door? Uh, so again, I, I teach a seven-step sales process. Build rapport, connect with them emotionally, uh, establish credibility. There's ways to do this. Uh, find out what their real problem is. The problem is that they don't need furniture. There's a problem behind the problem behind the problem, right? And uh, being able to really ask a lot of good questions and, and identify the need. Uh, outline the solution. Then you give the investment. The mistake that a lot of people make in business is they don't build the value over and above what the investment is. And uh, then you overcome any objections from there. So sales is simply, you have a prospect, how do I convert that prospect into a paying customer? Gotcha. Number yeah. four. Operations or service, uh, everything you do to serve your clients. Uh, so do your frontline people, do your production uh, workers, uh, do your uh, doctors, do your attorneys, do your um, plumbers, do your air conditioning technicians. They all have a system that they work on. This is, you know, how I uh, prepare for the service experience. One of the books that I read many years ago is called The Experience Economy, and they talk about the subtitle is work is theater and every business is a stage. So when you are serving, you're creating an experience for people. And if you think about it, a, a theater production is nothing more than a system. It's a group of working parts that create a result consistently. If, if they've got a great story, they got the, a great set, great props, the characters are interesting and they're in costume and they've got all this, you know, there's timing, there's a script, there's steps, and you have to choreograph that whole service experience from start to finish and design it so that the customer, the client, the patient, the guest feels a certain way. Right. I mean, you know, it's just they, they, you got to you gotta keep them entertained and make sure that they had a good experience so they can tell other people about the show. Right. And here's the thing. You might entertain somebody different than I do. And the question is, do we want someone who maybe uh, – let's just say someone without any experience whatsoever, there's four different personality styles. Do you want them deciding what they're going to wear and what they're going to say every day? No. Yeah. If, if you are a, an actor in a play, then you wear a certain costume, you play a certain character, 
you say your uh, lines in a specific way and there's a specific timing. You do that in your company, work is theater and every business is a stage. Oh yeah, that's why, that's why I make sure I know what, uh, I make, I give my people a uniform. That's how you dress. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to give, I don't want to let them uh, decide what they're going to wear. Right. And, or what they're going to say or not say. And so those exactly. things, if you want to have the ultimate business, then that would be that piece of it really needs to be choreographed. Let's walk into a doctor's office. Do you want to see the person behind the desk sitting there on her phone like this? Or no. do you want her when, when, when you walk in the door, uh, she greets you and, and says, you know, thank you for showing up to whatever it is. How may I serve you today? Okay. You know, and so then you have steps. And then the fifth one is what I call administration or finance or, you know, office procedure. You could call it anything you want to call it, but it's all the internal uh, tracking that you do. Uh, how is our leadership doing? How do you measure leadership engagement? How do you measure marketing prospects? How do you measure sales closings? How do you measure operations, customer satisfaction. How do you measure uh, finance, profit and loss, balance sheet? And so having tracking systems that can show you how you performed in those first four systems is important. Then we bring that to leadership and it starts all over again. Starts all over again. It's like a non-stopping cycle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Now, tell me, you, you're president of Phenomenal Products, Inc., which basically, yep. you know, that's the one that you help small business owners start, you know, from doing all this stuff, stop being the state of their right. business and stuff like yeah. that. that. That was very interesting and intriguing about being, being slave to their business. Yeah. A lot of people, when they go in business, sometimes they go for the wrong reason, right? They go yeah. in business saying, Oh, I want to be financially free. I want to be, you know, do whatever I want to do. I don't want to go to a nine to five job, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. think when they get over there, they just, it's vacation time, baby. Right, okay. right. Exactly. But, <laughs> they find out it's real work and that, that they find out they're going to work harder in their own business than they ever did nine to five. Exactly. Ever. Ever. Because of everything I just shared. I mean, you mean I got to know all that stuff? Well, wait a minute. I, I, know, how to, uh, I know how to fix somebody's uh, air conditioning unit. Okay. So what happens, what happens when, when you, maybe you're good at that. Maybe you're good at getting customers. How do you go beyond a one-man show? Yes. Systems. People leadership so so a lot of business owners make that mistakes now how many tell me a little bit share some experience with me you know because because i mean you know this and nowadays because you know we're you know we're in this instagram social media facebook age right and it looks so glamoury you know oh you know this guy has his own business so matter of fact like i was talking to somebody and they're like yeah you know this guy has five businesses i'm like well i i, I get it that he has yeah. five businesses, but what do the five businesses do? And 
how do they produce and what kind of processes they have and what kind of programs they have and how they implement everything and are they successful and at the end of the day, do they make money, right? Exactly, exactly. So, well, I'll tell you about uh, one of our uh, clients. His name is Michael Killen and he sells Amish furniture up in uh, Pittsburgh, okay? And, um, and so, um, you know, if you drove by the store and you walked in, man, it's really nice Amish furniture and he owns his own business and wow, he, he must be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, what you may not know is that his business was eating cash like a monster and he was taking money out of his savings account. Fortunately, he had it there. Uh, and he was nervous. He had a lot of people problems, leadership issues and things like that. And uh, so when I started working with him, we didn't have the data that we needed. So um, it might look all glamorous and things like this, but if you're, you know, what's worse than working 24 hours a day, seven days a week is doing that. And as a business owner, you get the wonderful opportunity to lose money at least when you work nine to five you, you're probably gonna get paid right yeah. okay yeah. like seriously and so when some people figure that out they're like okay you know uh so anyway so we got him to what we call kfp a known financial position let's really see what's going on with the numbers let's make sure that we're tracking everything as a result of working with us about three years, record sales, record profits, new locations, his entire life has changed, all right? By having leadership, the right people, and systems. Those are the three things that are required for every phenomenal business. If you're not a leader, you're not gonna grow. If you hire the wrong people, doesn't matter what you do. And if you don't have systems, you don't have a track for people to run on, they don't know what to do. Uh, There's no consistency. You can't scale it. It always comes back to you as the owner. You become, you're a slave to that business. So only thing worse than being a slave to the business is being a slave to it and losing money on top of it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's frustrating. What kind of advice would you have for business for you know for business owners that basically find themselves lost, right? Because let's just say let's just say like this Amish person, the yeah. furniture guy who's selling Amish furniture, or we'll just say that they have three four locations, right? They they try to scale the business and they got to that level, right? Yeah. And they have three four managers with, and all of a sudden he finds himself in this position where his managers are not helping him. And yeah. they don't listen they, 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 because they don't have a vested interest. And well, they do have a vested interest. They have a job, but at the same right. time, you know, I'm sure that they, they, you get to that position where you can't, you can't, the, the leadership kind of starts falling. That's right. And it's so common because I might be the best uh, salesperson on the planet and I can, I can sell plenty, but when it, becomes beyond, uh, gets beyond myself. Okay. Give you another example. Um, an architect right there in Houston, 
she um her name is elise and um and she has a good business but uh the economy was really uh tough her industry was really tough this was i guess about five years ago or so maybe six years ago and um some people were going out of business and their their business was down she didn't really understand how to be a leader uh her employees really didn't like her because she was mean to them made them cry and i have to say that there was a time in my own business my employees hated me i mean like you said they come to work because they make that paycheck they love the clients. I mean, okay, they love the clients. They love the mission, but we didn't have to put up with him, you know? And uh, so what I would say to that person and what Elise did, I would say to do the same thing that Elise did. Do the same thing that I did. And that is get the right mentor get the right coach. The one thing that will make all the difference in the world is getting the right coach, the right community, the right coaching team, the right organization to put a new set of eyes on it. Because, and here's the problem. The problem is, is that, is that especially if somebody has been successful, there's a lot of ego. And what we have to do is we have to get rid of that ego and say, you know, there may be somebody, another set of eyes that could look at this and help me see. Uh, and this is what happened with me. One of my employees took me aside one day and said, Howard, um, you may not realize, you may not realize it, but when you walk in the door here, there are a whole bunch of other people here. It might do you well to say good morning. You know, I was like, we get this done, we get that done, you know, and just like, da, 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 da. And I, I was just like, you know, my, my partner called me the snowplow. You know, I'm from uh, the South. I didn't know what a snowplow was, but it's just like anything that's in the way, I'm a high D and just, it's going to be pushed out of the way, right? That's the old command and control model. Doesn't work anymore, especially today. And especially with our millennials today. So I had to learn a different leadership style. As I started this broadcast, everything rises and falls on leadership. So we have to become a better leader. What does a leader do? Well, a leader, first of all, understands that uh, I have a team and I need to leverage that team. I, I need to be a coach. I need to coach that team. We also need to know what the score is. Okay, you got four locations. I was coaching one of my clients yesterday he has three locations, one in Boston, one in uh, Virginia, and one in Florida. And uh, one of them's losing money, two of them are making money, and, uh, but there's some issues there with supplier, with partner at one of the locations, da-da-da-da-da. And so when you think about, okay, what do you got to step back and take a look at? A leader is a coach. I met... Uh, Kevin Turner, who was the chief operating officer for uh, Microsoft at the time, uh, one of the few guys in the world that he started at Walmart as a cashier. Talk about a success story. Mm -hmm. And he worked directly. He worked his way up at Walmart. He worked directly with 
Sam Walton and Bill Gates later on when he went to to uh, Microsoft. Microsoft and had such a, an amazing perspective. And he said this, he said, a leader is a coach. So if you think about a coach on a team, what does a coach need to do? Coach needs to, to first of all, be a good coach, understand how to develop your team, how to approach your team in the right way, and understand what the score is, okay? So this business that's losing money, we gotta, we gotta fix that. So we're gonna have to take the action that we need to take right there to figure that out, okay? Um, if people don't follow you, it's all gonna be dependent upon you. And so what, what kind of leader do you have to be to coach people to success, help them get from where they are to where they wanna be? Uh, how do we understand what the numbers are and how to move those numbers? Because you're not gonna move those numbers unless you move those people. That's, that's absolutely correct. So now let me ask you a question, uh, Howard. How many, and, and I wanna ask this, like how many people have you successfully transformed their business that you can say, you know what, proud of it? Well, a lot. Um, I'll give you some estimates. Uh, so currently we have over 450 current coaching members all over the world. Uh, we have, um, thousands of people that I've helped through seminars and coaching, all the people who have come through our, our business training to one year program. And I've been doing this for 22 years. So that would be thousands of people. But I can tell you that uh, last week was my, was my 60th birthday. And uh, on Tuesdays, I do a, a member webcast just for our members. And um, you know, on your birthday, you might want to just take the day off. Okay. I want to be on the beach with my granddaughter and all that, but this membership, our coaching members are so much like family that I said, you know, I want to do a special message on my birthday. Well, I get on the webcast and all of a sudden Santiago, my right hand man pops up on video and normally he comes in gives commentary at the end. So I suspected maybe something's up for my birthday, right? And he said, Howard, he said, I know you're all, you've got all planned to do your teaching today and everything. And I teach through those systems, leadership, marketing, sales, operations, administration. And, um, and he said, we got something special we wanna do. Mm -hmm. and so I didn't get to do my webcast at all. And uh, for 94 minutes, member after member after member after member after member after member after member came on to share what our coaching and what our work has done with them. To give you a little sampling, uh, one of the guys that was on there, his name is Daryl Thomas. He has a service company in North Carolina, was struggling with low prices. He uh, learned from us how to have, how to get better clients have a more premium business, grew that thing to several million dollars a year. And he sold one of the divisions for 400,000 cash. 
Uh, he has a family member in uh, Germany. He goes over there to do business consulting, bought his dream property, just living his dream life. I got a guy down in, um, in um, West Palm Beach, Florida, who started with us at zero. And last year he did uh, 25 million in sales. And this is over a several year period, but he's got um, about a hundred of the most phenomenal employees. Most of them are young, they're millennials. And uh, man, they're just got so much energy and passion, everything. Um, I what, business, what kind of business is he in? A restoration company. They do okay. restoration and, and some construction. Sherry Perry, who uh, is uh, one of our top members, she has a credit card processing business. And before we came along, uh, the business was successful from a financial standpoint, okay? Because it was all about the transaction. Right. Close that next sale. Nothing wrong with that. But again, she didn't have a very good culture. People didn't like coming to work. She was that business owner that was command and control. It's my way or the highway. And by changing that, she has such an amazing culture. Numbers are better too. Um, trying to think of some more uh, good examples for you. Hey, Howard, I want to interrupt you real quick over yeah. here because I think you've you've said two or three times about this. You know, the snowplow mentality, yeah. the command yeah. and rule. Kind of, so, I mean, what I what I keep hearing from you is that you tell me the leader, the coach, their attitude means a lot in the business. Is that what you, am, am I getting that right? Absolutely. And where does that attitude come from? It comes from their belief system. So every single person here who has team members needs to check their belief systems of what do you really believe about other human beings? And so, so basically what you're saying that if you are one of those people who believe the buck stops at me or I, whatever I say happens and, and you, you'll be left alone in your business doing everything by yourself. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. It's only lonely. John Maxwell says it's only lonely at the top if you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Okay. Because the fact is, is that you're hiring talent. You're hiring people to help you. Not that you have to, you know, drag along, but I believe, yeah. Yeah. Just to validate you and say, Oh yes, boss. Yes. But no, uh, instead, and you don't need debaters either. You don't need people that are always arguing with you because they have their own agenda. So the, the fact is, is that, uh, if we go back to this foundational philosophy that Zig Ziglar shared, you can have everything you want in life if you will just help enough other people get what it is that they want. If you approach all of life by that philosophy, your leadership will be better, your marketing will be better, your sales will be better, your service will be better, and it'll show up in the numbers, okay? A couple of questions I got left on this. When you said that, you know, get people, help people what they, you know, you, you'll get what, they, what you want by helping people. So let's say you have somebody, you have an employee and you know, you're like, man, this is, this employee, this employee is a key member of my organization. Yep. And I want to keep them. But I mean, they might have other, you know, aspirations and dreams. 
what kind of conversation should you have with them to, you know, to know what they want yeah, and to help them get what they want? Yeah. But at the well, same time, you... be selfish enough not to lose, you know, to keep them in your company. Right. Yeah. Well, first you take interest in them. All right. And you take them to lunch, you, you treat them well and you build a rapport because people aren't going to just automatically open up to you with their biggest dreams and goals, you know, right off the bat. Now I still ask before I ever consider hiring someone, the first question I ask them are, what are your goals? We'll get to the dreams later on. They'll share their goals. They want to make X amount of money. They want to do this. And, and you know, we've got personality uh, assessments we do and, and take them to lunch, build a relationship with them, support them, make sure that they have the tools, the knowledge that they need um, and, and, and provide some personal development training. Show them that you're interested in them as a human being. Okay. And as you build a relationship, uh, in my book, The Power of Community, I lay out uh, a six-step plan to do this. And um, the, the first part of it is just supporting them and showing them you care, okay? The second piece of it is encouraging them when you start noticing their gifts, like what they're good at, um, encourage them with those gifts and, and put them in the right seat, as Jim Collins says, and really you know, work with them. And over time, as you get to know people, uh, then you can move in the accountability phase. The accountability phase is not the kind of accountability like do your job. That's not the kind of accountability we're talking about. The accountability I'm talking about is uh, who do you really want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? What do you want your legacy to really look like? What are your biggest dreams and goals? Who are you? Where are you going? Why are you going there? Not in those terms, but basically that's the relationship. All business, all of life is about relationships. And you get to that level where you're really and truly their coach. And I'm going to tell you a story about this, of how powerful this can be. My right-hand man, his name is Santiago. Santiago grew up in Colombia, rich family. His mother and father split, and he was living with his mother, and uh, the, the drug cartel came into town, took over. They sought asylum in the United States and came to Houston and got him a girlfriend who was a young lady that worked for me and her dad worked for me, and her dad said, well, if you're gonna date this guy, he needs a job. And so this skinny little 17-year-old boy came to my office and applied for a job, and I hired him. And I mean, smartest kid you ever saw in your life. And he became a technician, then he worked in the office, then he worked in marketing. And all the while, he was going to school to be an electrical engineer. That was his goal. But when he saw the difference that Phenomenal Products was making in business owners' lives, by the way, everybody who shared on my birthday last week, and people can find it on my YouTube channel. I just posted it. We just posted it the other day. 
They said, all that's great. Record sales, record profits. I became a better, all that's great. Howard, but what I'm so grateful for is that you changed my life. My marriage is better. My marriage was saved. My uh, relationship with my kids are better. We've taken more vacations. And uh, so Santiago saw that and decided to stay with me. And today he's my right-hand man. He, could, he can teach any one of these programs that I teach. And, um, and he's now uh, 37, so he's been with me for 20 years. It all started because I took interest in him, recognized his gifts, built a relationship with him, and let him understand the purpose, the purpose, why we do what we do, how it makes a difference in everybody's life. One of the statements I made in my leadership book, The Power of Community, is that I personally believe that deep down inside, every single human being on the planet wants to make a difference in the world. They want to, to be loved, they want to be valued, and they want to love others, and they want to make a difference in others' lives. They don't act like it because they got some, as Zig said, some stinking thinking. They don't know who they are yet, okay? They don't know why they're here. Yeah. And so if we can help them see that, we're helping them do something and feel something that they've never felt before. That's the power of community. That's, that's awesome. So if someone wants to be in the community with the phenomenal products, how do they, how do they find you? How do they join you? Just go to howardpartridge.com, howardpartridge.com. We're going to give you um, some resources. You're going to opt in, just put in your information. We're going to contact you, and we're going to give you some free training, and then you can just follow the path from there. I have a boot camp that I do, a two-day virtual boot camp, and uh, we used to do them in person. We'll do them in person again. But uh, we'll teach you the basic training. If you want to join the uh, coaching membership, then you can move up to that from there. So, so let, me, let me hear this right. Yeah. You said go to howardpartridge.com and you have some free training over there? Yep. Oh, well, that's good. And the boot camp uh, training, is there a small fees to it or what is that? Yeah. Um, there is a, a small fee. Uh, sometimes we'll do a, um, we'll invite people for free depending on their qualifications and that sort of thing because we want them in the community. And uh, so sometimes we do that. But the, uh, the fee is very, very minimal and you get to spend two days with us and really learning the systems. And it gives you a really good idea if we're the right community for you. Awesome. Um, now, where can you be found? Are you, you on LinkedIn? Because that's where I found you. Are you on any other social media, Howard? I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm probably other places that my team has put me that I don't know where that I'm there. Uh, but if you, if you just Google my name, you'll find out probably more than you want to know. But it's, it's just if you go to howardpartners.com, opt in there. We'll take you through a simple three-step plan. You opt in, get free training, come to the boot camp, understand the systems, how everything works, 
And step three, make a decision whether you want to be in the community or not. Now, Howard, uh, you know, a lot of people might be, you know, once they listen to it, they're like, man, I want to learn what Howard has learned. What, you know, what, what kind of advice would you have for somebody who's, you know, a 30-year-old Harvard right there, or, you know, saying that I would, I want to be there one day. What, what would you say? I mean, you know, how can they get there? Like reading, seminars, what, what would you say? Experience? Yes. Uh, there's four things that you need. Number one, I call it inspiration. In fact, these are, uh, you mentioned my book, uh, FTI. The number one reason that small businesses, uh, small business owners, or people in general, any person doesn't reach their biggest dreams and goals is because of something I call FTI, failure to implement. Um, they feel overwhelmed. They don't have the knowledge that they need. They're unorganized. They don't have the training they need. They don't have the support they need. They don't, you know, there's lots of reasons that people just don't do what they're supposed to do. But the uh, really the biggest underlying reason is belief. Because if we don't believe, if we don't see a vision, we don't believe we're not going to move forward. So there are four keys to overcome that. And uh, in the book, I outline uh, 10, the 10 principles of phenomenal performance. I won't go through those right now, but, but there are four keys that uh, are what I call the four keys to implementation. The first one is inspiration. Keep doing the things that you're doing right now. The greatest life lesson that I can, that I've ever learned is get around people who are already where you want to be. Okay, so don't listen to the naysayers. Don't don't be a snyop, as uh, Zig Ziglar said. The success success uh, how does it go? Uh, susceptible to the negative influence of other people, something like that. Susceptible. Uh, anyway, um, so stay around positive people. Stay around successful people. Get around people who are doing that not only doing what you want to do, but they're the kind of person you want to be around. Um, number two is get organized. Get your life organized, get your business organized. You may not want to run by a calendar. You might want to run free. A locomotive is free, but only if it's on the track. So get your business track, your life track laid out. There's a proven system for things. Uh, Three is training. Train yourself in leadership. Train yourself in marketing. Train yourself in sales. Train yourself in systems. Train yourself in the admin piece. You don't have to do it all as a business owner. You can outsource, get other people to do it, but you do need to understand it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And the biggie, the big one is number four. This is where it all happens. I call it community. You will not become the person that you want to be. You will not re, uh, have the fulfillment, the success, and the significance. You might be successful financially, but you and I already talked about that, right? That, that you can be successful financially, but there's six other areas of life, family, 
mental stress, your spiritual life, uh, friends, you know, your personal life, you have any fun, um, you know, the role that you're fulfilling in that business and to be, uh, phenomenally successful in all areas of life. We need community. We need community. We need a group of people. Uh, in my inner circle, we have a bunch of coaches, other members, and we're all there to support one another, to encourage one another, and help one another be accountable to be the best possible version of themselves so that they can build the best possible version of their dream company. I love it. Howard, I can sit over here and talk to you for hours. And I know your time is valuable. And I mean, the show, we want to keep our listeners to, to, to a certain time. Sure, I understand. I, I would love for you to come back and, and, and you, know, you know, keep going and keep sharing because there's so much. I mean, I feel like it's, a, I mean, you know, it's just a treasure, a, a chest that we can open up and keep getting knowledge from, from Howard Partridge. So would you, would you agree to come on another show in a couple of months with me? Absolutely. Just, uh, just invite me, wind me up. And, you know, as you can see, there's a lot that I want to share and I want to share as much as possible as I can. Um, because I want to just like you, I want to leave as much behind when I'm gone as possible, get it recorded, get it all down in books and paper and everything so that, I can keep helping people after I'm gone. That, that's awesome. Now, Howard, let's, you know, we're at the end, we're towards the end of the show and I do this with every guest of mine. Right. And, you know, it's, it's important, you know, you said failure to implement, to implement, you, you must make it happen. Okay. Let's just say this is the last day on earth and you're about to pass on to the, to the world hereafter. Right. And, Everything is erased. Your books are gone. This podcast is gone. Every video you did, everything you wrote. But now they give you a pencil and a paper. And you want to leave it for your, your, your future generation, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, for the world, how to live life, what will make them live a fuller life, more purpose, a better, make this a better world. Three things, if you have to share with the world and you can write on this piece of paper, what would that be? One would be love God. All right. Expand on it for me a little bit. Just a little bit. Trust. See, we spend far too much time trusting ourselves. And if you look around in this world, Mm, things are pretty messed up right now. So you might want to give God a shot. Okay. And loving God doesn't mean, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Otherwise you're going to be, um, you know, punished. God is love. God loves you. And let me explain what phenomenal products really is. Okay. You are the phenomenal product. The listener, you are the phenomenal product. God made you, and everything that God makes is phenomenal. He created you to be phenomenal, to do phenomenal things, and have a phenomenal life. You are phenomenal. Zig Ziglar said that man is born to win, 
designed for accomplishment, engineered for success, endowed with the seeds of greatness. After all, God don't make no junk. So right. love, love your creator. Trust him. Trust his ways. Understand him. Believe. Believe is the most powerful thing in the world. And if you believe, you will love. Okay? Uh, second, love others as yourself. We got too much selfishness going on in this world. Look around. How's this working out? Not so hot. But look at people who serve others. Look at, and you know, deep down inside, you know that how you feel when you truly serve other people. Sometimes it's hard because we all love ourselves too much. Okay. And so love others that way. Again, help people, serve people. Um, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what it is that they want. And third, understand yourself. All of us are wired differently. All of us have different gifts. All of us are called to different posts in life. And the most important thing, now who you are, whose you are, uh, where you're going and why you're going there. Okay. Um, understand yourself. Everybody has a different personality style. Everybody has a different calling. Everybody has a different gift and you got to find your groove in life. So love God, love others. I don't like the term love yourself. I was in a seminar and a guy I really respect, he passes around a mirror and he has people that look in the mirror and say, I love you. I was like, it's hard for me to do. Other people it might be easy for you to do, but uh, get perspective on who you are, why you're here and what you're supposed to do. It might look different than you think it will. Love it. Thank you so much, Howard. Howard. My pleasure. You know, time is such a precious commodity and you, you know, thank you for donating your time to me, to the world and to anyone who will ever listen to this uh, podcast or watch the YouTube video. So, so I, from the bottom yeah. of my heart, thank you. Thank you for also accepting my future invite, which I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know that um, I said yes, and I might ask you to do a little something. You know, you know, you never know. No, no problem. Right it's there. always, it's, it's yeah. always a give and take, and you know, giving is better than receiving. So, so I'm, I'm all great. for it. I'm yeah, no, um, I know that uh, there's ways we can help each other. I'm, I'm willing to do it for you. And to, Absolutely. If, if I'm only helping you, I'm willing to do it. So I appreciate you reaching out to me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Howard. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing everything with us. And I mean, you know, I'm over here taking notes. And honestly, when I read your book, it, it, it really... I loved it. So, I, I mean, if somebody's listening, I mean, if people are listening, I, I have not read your other book, uh, The Community. Uh, tell me again, The Power of Community. Is that what it is? Yeah, the, the Power of Community. Howard, if you don't mind, I know you've written eight books. Can you list them, if you don't mind, please? You bet. Uh, the first one that... Um, the first one that I wrote is called uh, Seven Secrets of a phenomenal life. Uh, 
Um, you can get that probably still on Amazon, uh, Seven Secrets of a Phenomenal Life. Uh, second one, uh, Five Secrets of a Phenomenal Business. Uh, third, Phenomenal, no, third is uh, Think and Be Phenomenal. Fourth is Phenomenal Marketing Systems. Uh, fifth is um, Phenomenal Success Stories. I wrote about some of my clients. Sixth is um, Discover Your Phenomenal Dream Life. Powerful book, small but powerful. Uh, Power of Community, that's my leadership book. And then FTI is my latest book. Awesome. So, and, and most of them can be found on um, on the thing. But when I started reading that FTI, I mean, it was it was it was very powerful. I haven't finished it yet, and and I hope before I talk to you next time, I'll I'll finish it. And uh, you know, post COVID life has been very stressful. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, and 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 at this point in time, I mean, you know, we need stuff like this. We need to listen to inspirational people. We need inspiring books. We need to keep ourselves on track. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing. Thank you for, you know, keeping it very positive and, and, you know, teaching the world the principles and, and everything you believe in. So thank you. Well, thank you, Sammy, for making it all available to everybody. That's awesome. Thank you. Have a good day. I appreciate it. You too, Sam. Thank you. Bye-bye.